the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. In today's world, there is much confusion as to what defines family, and Satan is determined to keep it that way. The good news is that the children of God have victory because we know that the family, as designed by God, will not be destroyed. As the Bible says, put on the whole armor of God, stand firm, set the spiritual tone, and be the role model for your families to the glory of God, thereby establishing legacies for your future generations. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander encourages us. How many of you had conflict in your marriages before? Oh, you, you me tell me, don't, don't lie in this house. How many of you had conflict with your child or conflict? You have conflict with your child when you're teaching them not to touch this, and they want to touch it, and you told them not to touch it, and you, poop, and they start, that's conflict right there. I know what we get, Andrea. Uh, one Christmas, we was in Houston. She was just about, uh, I guess, not quite two years old. And she was intrigued with that Christmas tree. And uh, I said, don't touch the tree. And I kept saying, don't touch. And she, and she went on and she touched that tree anyhow. And I popped her. And she cried and she went and told her mama, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell her mama, try to tell her mama on me. <laughs> Couldn't even talk, but she's trying to tell. <laughs> Conflict is inevitable. And if we desire unity, harmony in the home, harmony in the, the church, harmony anywhere we go, peace and progress in our families, the workplace and churches, we must address the issue of conflict from a biblical perspective and implement the following principles. Are you ready? Number one, we must have peace with God before we can have peace with others. Now listen, you can't deal with conflict unless you have first peace with God. Ephesians chapter 2, 12, verses 14, 16 through 18 says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Before we came to Christ, we didn't have God in the world. For he himself is our peace. I love that. He himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. Listen, we were far off. That's the Gentiles. Those who were near are the Jews. For through him, we both, Jews and Gentiles alike, by one spirit through Christ to the Father. In other words, until you have peace from the Prince of Peace, it is difficult for you to make peace 
until you have Jesus giving you peace in him. And once you have peace in Christ, the peace of Christ, then you can help uh, resolve conflict in the context of your family. Number two, before God will use you as a mediator to bring resolution in conflicts, make sure you ask him to search and cleanse your own heart. You can't straighten anybody out until you first have your heart, your own heart right with God. Psalms 51.10 says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, in me. Psalms 139 verses 23 and 24 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. In other words, we cannot be peacemakers until we first have our own hearts sifted of wickedness. You cannot be a peacemaker with ill motives. You cannot be a peacemaker scheming. You cannot be a peacemaker with the spirit of manipulation. You cannot be a peacemaker and bring reconciliation in your homes and on your, on your jobs and in your churches until you deal with the issue of pride. We cannot build unity until the peace of God rules in our hearts. When the peace of God rules in our hearts, then God can use us in an incredible way to be a peacemaker. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you were called in one body, and be thankful. Is the peace of God ruling in your heart? Number three, how do we get a handle on conflicts? Be mindful that your marriage must be built on trust. Be mindful that your marriage must be built on what? Say it a little bit louder. A little bit louder. A trustworthy husband and wife will have fewer fights. When the trust has been violated, be patient for it takes a long time to have that trust restored. You know, when you ask somebody how long, how come it took you so long to get back? Well, you said you could be back at 1030 and uh, it's 1035. (laughs) Whole lot goes back to the issue of trust. If your marriage is not built on trust, you are going to struggle in a way that we can't even describe. And you have to ask God to build the trust in your marriage so that you can have a marriage that's exemplary to the glory of Almighty God. How do we get a handle on conflict? Number four, refuse to allow conflict to paralyze you and cause you to become dysfunctional to the point that you can't move on with your life. Get over your initial hurt and move on with your life. Refuse to allow conflict to paralyze you and cause you to become dysfunctional to the point that you can't move on with your life. Get over your initial hurt and move on with your life. Just because you have a conflict doesn't mean you have to just get stagnant and just stop living and don't go another further. No, because when that conflict is over. There's another one that's sure to come. So you must wear to come. You may as well come to the conclusion that you must press on in spite of your conflicts. How do we get a handle on conflict? Number five. Listen. Clarify and define the issue. 
If you cannot identify the problem, you cannot work toward the solution. Some folks fight don't even know what they're fighting about. You have to identify the problem, the source of the problem, the root of the problem, and you have to deal with it from that perspective. Listen, what is the What are we fighting about? Some folks fight so much until they're just fighting and really don't know why they're fighting. Number six, how do you get a handle on conflict? Hear God in the midst of the conflict and refuse to be led by your emotions. You know what breaks down the marriage and what breaks down the family and what breaks down uh, the workplace and the church is people come into the church emotionally angry and full of bitterness and resentment. And a lot of times you make everything else the issue, but the, the truth be told, the issue is right back in your house. When the Holy Spirit governs the process, he will help you clarify your options and bring about reconciliation. Listen, the longer you, Satan loves it when you can stay in the spirit of anger because that keeps the conflict uh, hanging around indefinitely. Keep bitterness and resentment causes conflicts to go up to a level that you don't really want it to go. Number seven, if we're going to get a handle on conflict, what must we do? Stop being so bossy. Stop being so bossy, dominating and controlling. That creates conflict. It's got to go your way or there's hell in the house. Stop being so bossy. Somebody know what I'm talking about. You're dominating. You're controlling. And before your spouse can finish one assignment, you give them three more things to do and you haven't said thank you to the one completed assignment. There will be less conflicts as you serve one another in the spirit of Christ. You ask your husband to wash dishes, let him wash them. That's right. Let him wash them. Stop showing them every little ion of everything. Galatians 5.13 says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. You know, you trying to teach your spouse something, your husband something, or your wife something, you stay with them, you keep smiling, you keep encouraging until they get it right. That's right. So, yeah, you, you don't have it yet. Well, no, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. If they're a slow learner, it's because God is trying to develop you. If your husband haven't learned how to wash those clothes right, and you say, well, I told you one time you got it, everything's going to be faded. <laughs> then you really got something to fight about. Galatians 5.13 says, for you, brethren, <laughs> have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. A spirit of bossiness causes conflict. Mark your calendars for Sunday, October 17th at 10 a.m. Join us at Maranatha Bible Church as we honor all medical professionals during our Medical Professionals Appreciation Worship Celebration. Come and worship with us as we recognize, encourage, and honor these selfless individuals who give of themselves and beyond the call of duty to those in need, especially during the COVID-19 pandemic. Number eight. It is wise to receive counsel from two or three spiritually mature persons in your life who have your best interests at heart. 
who can keep confidentiality, provide encouragement, who can pray for you, comfort you, strengthen you, and give a word of wisdom in the midst of conflicts. It's amazing. When your body is painting, you will go to a doctor. That's right. When your car is broke, you'll take it to a mechanic. And your marriage can be just as broken as it can be, and you won't take your marriage to a biblical counselor, counselor to have the things that, that are broken in your marriage rectified to the glory of God. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, the people fall. The marriage fall, the workplace fall, the church fall, you fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 12, 15 says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. No need going to a counselor if you're not going to activate and follow what the counselor has recommended. Number nine, how do you get a handle on conflict? Wise people think before they react. You know why there's so much hurt and harm in your marriage? It's because you reacted before you even thought about what you were going to say. Proverbs 13, 16 says, wise people think before they act. And if you act before you think, you'll make a fool out of yourself. You'll lose your marriage. You'll lose your child. That's right. You'll lose your job. Yeah. Satan doesn't care about you having a degree and how much experience you have. You, you can have a great degree and pay all that money to get that degree. And then you get on that job and you can't control your mouth and your attitude. You jobless. Everybody is not uh, jobless uh, because of the economy. Y'all just caught that. <laughs> They say, well, here's the economy. It ain't the economy in all of them. Some of them, they let you go because you're just a fool. That's right. You're replaceable. Wise people think before they act. Fools don't. And even brag about their foolishness, says the scripture. Number 10, how you get a handle on conflict? Don't take things so personal. In other words, don't always view every conflict as a personal attack against you. There you go again. Always talking about me. Ain't nothing right with me. Man, when you go say something right sometime. Well, don't take things so personal. There's some validity in what the other person is saying. If you just calm yourself down and ask yourself, why is he or she saying this to me? Number 11, how do you get a handle on conflict? Don't be so defensive. In other words, you have your guard up. Every time you have a serious discussion, you choke up, got your guard up, you close down, shut down. You're not listening and you are in the attack mode. You like the, you're about to attack like a venomous snake. You just go and your fangs are ready to go in. In conflict resolution, if your goal is to control and win, you will only intensify the conflict if your goal is to control and win. Be willing to take constructive criticism from those who love you and have your best interests at heart and then use it to improve yourself. 
two kinds of criticism. There's a constructive criticism and there's a destructive criticism. But when one really loves you, they will have constructive criticism. And those of you who are giving constructive criticism is not just what you say, it's how you say what you say and the spirit of how you say it. Number 12, how do you get a handle on conflict? Don't be so quick to shift the blame. Take responsibilities for your action and be humble enough when you're wrong to say so and seek forgiveness. When is the last time, wife, you said, I'm sorry? Forgive me. What about you, husband? What about you, child? What about you, parents, to the children? What about your apologizing on the job? Yes, you're the supervisor. Yes, you're the, you're the boss. But for the sake of peace, even if you don't think you were wrong, just for peace sake, the other person thought you were wrong. That's right. So that they can be healed. What is it going to cost you to say, you know, this is real serious matter with you. Listen, for this to have happened, for you to be saying this, I want to let you know right now, I am so very sorry. Because this is very real to you. And I want you to be healed of this so that you can move on and that we, that we can be friends and that we can be lovers as husbands and wife. You know, your wife and your husband, you're soulmates. That's right. You're soulmates. How are you going to get a hand on conflict? Grow up. Spiritually immature babies do more quarreling and fighting. The less Bible you have in you, the more fight you're going to have in you. You hear what I said? It's getting quiet now. And some of you fight and fight and fight because you don't have the peace of Christ through the words of Christ that brings healing in the family. And that's why you fight. You just a spiritual baby. You're a daddy who might have a big job, but you're spiritually, you're a spiritual baby, even though you got a big job in the corporate world or wherever you are. You fight. Your children need a home environment that will make them feel secure. Husbands and wives, you can't be at each other's throat and expect to have emotionally stable children. And then they end up in special education and they want to and they want to label ED. And when when the parents ought to have the ED label, you ED, ED parents cultivate ED kids. I tell you, you're not doing your homework and y'all cussing and screaming. Now you better make an A and you're cussing and screaming and howling and stomping all over the floor. And some, some children see their parents in a fist fight, tussling all over the floor, cussing each other out, slamming doors. And then you say, you, bring, you better bring a good grade home. How are you going to bring a good grade home with all that hell in the house? They need some parents that knows how to have good grades behavior-wise. Look how quiet it's getting now. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Don't argue in front of your children. Don't look at me like that. If if I'm right, say amen. Amen. Stop. If you got something to say, wait till they go to bed. Wait till they go to school. Let them let them get out of your presence. Shut the door and say, you know, I have something I like to talk about. (laughs) Why is it when you get upset, you got to get loud? Hey, I told you to to do that. There you go. 
and the neighbor's calling 911. Stop quarreling in front of your children. They should see peace. They should see calmness. And they should see you operating as a united front. Your kids are wiser than you give them credit for. They know how to play one against the other. And they checking you out while you making a fool out yourself. You got to grow up. Galatians 5.15. You say, where you get there? Galatians 5.15. But if you bite, that's what y'all doing. You bite and devour one another. Beware lest you be consumed by one another. Some of y'all in the house, you're not even talking. You bit each other up so much until one of them is gone and slept in the other room. Just tired of being bitten. You just bit up so much, he just can't have another bite. <laughs> or she can't have another bite. I don't care how, how serious a conversation gets. Amen. Y'all ought to still be able to go and sleep in that same bed. I've never told my wife I'm going to couch. I ain't going to nobody's couch. <laughs> she get in that bed and I get in that bed. We're in the same bed. That's right. That's right. That's right. Y'all running down to other rooms and all that kind of stuff. And what, what is that going to do? That's, that's silliness. Silly williness. Silly, 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 silly. And you go, oh, you in your own roomy room. And so that's supposed to make unity. What on this side of heaven are you doing? First Corinthians chapter three, verses one, two, and three. That's right from the scripture. First Corinthians chapter three, verses one, two, and three. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal as to babes in Christ, you're spiritually babies. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. Been in the church 40 years and still carnal. Still a spiritual baby because you're not practicing the truth you read about. For where there are envy, look, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? If, if the Bible is what it claims to be, shouldn't it make your life better? Or is the issue is application because you don't apply what you have heard preached and what you read in your quiet time? How do you get a handle on conflict? Number 15. Choose your battles wisely and allow the Lord to reveal which battles you should fight. Did you hear what I just said? Choose your battles what? And ask the Lord to reveal which battles you should fight. Refuse to fight over some of these little things can become big things like the thermostat. One is hot, one is cold. One is cold, one is hot. And you have a knockdown drag out over the temperature of the house. You have a knockdown drag out over the toothpaste. It's oozing all off the top and you left the top on with the toothpaste all around the edges, flowing all down the sides. And stuff all in the bowl, not washed out. Leaving the toilet seat up. 
fighting. Yeah, women will fight about that. And I don't, and I don't blame them. Some of y'all women ought to be saying amen. You've, y'all laugh because you know it's true. Or you fight over a slow-moving spouse. One of y'all is just as slow. I don't care what it can be. I, listen, the sky can be falling. Honey, where's my sock? Yes, and you, you irritate your spouse to no end. You were, I, I know your mama had to bring you in real slow. Your labor t- pains went double. The labor pains of your mom. Driving. When, a, when one of the spouse, the wife or the husband, if one is drunk, will you just be quiet and pray? And the crazy they drive, uh, the more you pray. You know, both of you know how to get a certain place and you got more than one direction to get there and you saying, go this way and then saying, go that way. Or then the man say, I know what I'm doing and he's 50 miles beyond. (laughs) Even with the GPS. (laughs) 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 Big fights over driving. Fights over forgetfulness. Forget to take out the trash, that garage is stinking. Forget the milk, forget the eggs, forget, forget, forget. Forget to take the stuff out the oven that was set on 350 and the whole roast burn up. Dinner's gone. Forgetfulness brings about a lot of fights. Fights over the remote control. Now, you're not fighting over that too much now because you're so blessed. You can just go to the next room and the next room and the next room and the next room. But the time, there was a time we didn't have all them rooms and all those TVs. You know? And God is saying, listen, pick your battles. Choose your battles wisely. Some things are not worth fighting over. God is our stronghold. God is our refuge. God is our strong tower. God is our deliverer. God is our healer. God is our provider. God is our everything. He gave his only begotten son to die in our place for our sins. God gave his all for us. As his children, we are obligated to give our all for him. We must remember the Lord our God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.